This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 288. And the quote of the day is from Aristotle who said, Pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's up? How you doing? Thanks for joining me. It's the Drummer's Resource. This is Nick Ruffini, and this is session 288, and you can listen to all these sessions at drummersresource.com or on your favorite podcasting apps. You can check them out on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or anywhere you listen to the podcasts uh, or any other podcast. This is the only one you listen to, right? Anyway, uh, if you do dig this podcast and you've been listening to it for a while, do me a favor. Head over to iTunes and just leave a rating or a review. Takes a minute and a half, and it's super simple to do. And what that does is helps the podcast show up higher in the search results, and it just proves to everyone that this is the greatest drumming podcast in the. I don't know. I don't know if that's what it proves. Anyway, if you could leave a review, that would be greatly appreciated. And I want to get right into this conversation with my man Stanton Moore. So I've known Stanton. Man, I've known him for almost 10 years now, and he's been on the podcast before. We actually did an interview a long time ago, and I lo- and the thing didn't record, So, but I had him back a long time ago, but that was, that was like three years ago. So if you want to really get the nitty-gritty of how he got started and all of that stuff, you can check that out. That's session 76, and I'll link up to that in the show notes, or you can check it out at drummersresource.com forward slash session 76. And so this is more of a conversation of what he what he's been up to lately. We really dig into not only the idea of working hard and you know sort of running around doing a bunch of different things and having a bunch of irons in the fire and the idea of loving loving the job that you're doing, loving the work and although it's a lot of work to do what he does, uh, he he loves every minute of it. And then I mean we talk about practice, we talk about all sorts of stuff and there's also a great gift from Stanton Moore inside the podcast. So we'll talk about that as well. So without further ado, let's get into it with my main man, Stanton Moore. Stan, my man, how are you? I'm very good, Nick. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. We were just talking off air. It's been like, I think, I've, I don't remember exactly when you were on the podcast, but I think it's been like two or three years since you and I have actually like seen each other or talked to each other. So welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> and you, I know the way that you are, you have uh, lots of stuff going on. So tell me, tell me about what's been recently going on. I know that you guys, you guys are seemingly always on the road, right? I mean- Galactic never really takes a break, right? Yeah. I mean, we if we ever get three weekends in a row at home, that's rare, you know? So we never take like several months off at a time. We've been doing an average of 100 dates a year for over 20 years. Wow. So, yeah. So, you know, it might be nice to get a couple of months off <laughs> at some point. That well, I was going to ask, is it out of, is it sort of, out of necessity because just the way that you guys have built the band where people expect you to constantly be on the road or is it like you guys just love playing all the time and you're like let's just keep going out yeah well i mean it's a little bit of both yeah. you know but i mean most of us have kids now and and uh we might want to start thinking about taking at least little chunks of time because sure. you know even even when we are taking a break a break is like i said it's never longer than three weekends and usually if a 
festival comes up that's paying decently, well, then we'll we'll jump on it so that, you know, we never get like several months off where everybody can disperse and go do what they really want to do. We're always kind of checking back in with each other, which is good for the music. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're always adding new tunes and writing new tunes. And, and so I feel musically the band keeps getting better, which is great. And, you know, playing wise, I feel like I'm always kind of moving forward. I mean, I'm always shedding and working on new stuff and then always trying to introduce new stuff to galactic. So so far, it's been it's been a workable model. So I don't think that anybody really wants to change it. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> but, I don't blame uh, you. You know, but but it's getting to that point where it might be nice to have you know a few months uh, here and there where we can just kind of, you know, I don't think any of us would sit idle, but it just to kind of have some space to uh, to to do. See, I don't even know what I would do if I had several months. Well, I was going to say, even when you're not on the road with Galactic, you're like, oh, I'm going to go do this other tour with Dragon Smoke, or I'm going to play, right. you know, a two week residency at Tips or something. I don't know. You're always right. I don't see you as the type that just like lays around on the couch and you know does nothing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, if anything, I would try to you know practice. Get on, get into a routine where I could practice at least three hours a day. You know, I mean, I should for today. I, I got like thirty minutes in, which is like you know all I'm gonna get. And even right. then, you know, coming back after thirty minutes, it felt like the entire world was falling apart because there's you know I need an answer on this now. I need you to give me a quote on this now. You know, stuff like that. Right. Um, I've got like. I think three interviews today and, you know, I was supposed to submit some quotes for uh, magazines because, because with the, the record coming out, whenever you have a new record coming out, there's, you know, it, lots of press to do, which is great. It's really awesome. Uh, right, but, right. but it's, it's a lot to keep up with, you know, but, but it's a good thing. I'm guessing that you don't have a typical day because you're always doing something different, but I get so many emails. I get questions about people who are like, man, this is what I want to do. I want to be touring. I want to be, you know, doing clinics. I want to be recording. I want to be doing this and I'm doing that. And you are seemingly doing all of those things and doing it well. Um, whether you sleep or not, that's a, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Right. Um, but what does, how does, how does that look for you day in and day out? Like how are, do you structure your day a certain way? I know this doesn't necessarily go down the road of, of drumming, but I think that it helps people to understand one that it's not, you know, as my dad would say, FM, which is fucking magic. So it's not just FM. So there's all this work that goes into it. Yeah. Um, But how does that look like on a day to day basis? Well, that's actually a really good question. And I, I've had to give up, on the notion of what does my day look like? It's like, what does this 15 minutes look like? Right. You know, and every day there's, you know, like different, uh, there are different components that it could be. So, so one day I might have, if I'm home, I might have three hours in the studio for a session. Then I've got to run from that and then go pick up my daughter and then, uh, you know, maybe come home and, and answer email. I mean, I have, I have to be honest, I have three to five hours of email to answer every day. Jeez. You know, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Without without fail. I mean, and you know, today it's like I got to the bottom of my email box last night at eleven o'clock at night in bed while my girlfriend was falling asleep watching <laughs> uh, watching a show. So it's like Especially when I have a record coming out, it's just, you know, you have a lot of scheduling, a lot of touring coming up, a lot of press coming up. And then, and then you're, you know, 
I've also got the next galactic record that we're working on. So they're trying to figure out when I can come in and, and listen to the latest passes that I've made recording the, um, the latest galactic tunes. And if I'm ready to sign off on everything and send it to the mixing, you know, mm -hmm. but I was supposed to go run in the studio today and do that, but I just, I didn't have time to do it. So I'm going to have to postpone that and do it another day. But, um, so it's, it depends if it's if it's jazz fest well then it's you know i wake up and i literally have three gigs each day and right. then and then um so there's no practicing during jazz fest and i'm lucky if i can keep up with email during jazz fest usually i fall behind on email and then uh <laughs> who are you emailing like five hours a day <laughs> i know it's, you it's insane that well, is insane now, now with the drum academy, I've got the forum to keep up with. Right, uh, right, right. I also have the the all the questions that come in, all the comments that come in on each new lesson. So I just answered, um, you know, a, a couple of uh, comments that came in on the the newest lesson that I launched, which I launched on uh, Wednesday. Today is Thursday. I, I launched it yesterday. Mm -hmm. So you know, three to five hours of email, but then also. I'm working on notation, on finale, on uh, on top of that, on top of the three to five hours of email. So sometimes I'm just in front of my computer all day long. And yeah, I would love to be behind the drums more, but it's it's just a lot of of work to keep up with, which I'm happy to do. But you know, with every lesson that I do, I've, I notate everything that I play, and so this latest lesson that just I just released, which is one of my favorite stickings, I I wrote it out everything and then I accompany it with a worksheet and that worksheet this this for this lesson was nine pages long. So I know. That's so it's insane. like it's like nine it's like nine pages of a book. Right. Know? Right. And but it's it's great. I love it. And in the response that I get from people, you know, when a guy comes up and says, you know, man, I love I loved your first book. I loved your second book. I've been following the academy. You've changed the way that I play. Well, then that makes it worth doing. Sure, you know? sure. And I've 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 talked about this with people, but you know, I honestly can say that I truly love teaching, and and I'll tell you why. It's because you know when you play music, it's all the reason we start falling in love with playing music. I I don't know if people realize this or not, but for me, a lot of it has to do with with making a connection with people. So you know, first you make a connection with people playing music. And that's a very intimate connection. Then you start presenting that and playing live and you're making a connection with the audience. And that's great. And then, you know, maybe you're making a connection with some of the drummers in the front and you can tell that they're into what you're doing. Maybe, you know, a cute girl looks at you and that feels great, you know. But then what the, the human connection that really runs the deepest, in my experience, is when you meet a guy from another country and he says, man, I've been following you for years. This is your first time in this country, but I've worked through this book. I've worked through that book. You've changed the way that I play and you've made me a better musician because of it. And you're like, whoa, that's yeah. a deep connection, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you, when you influence somebody on that level and you've changed their musical life, hopefully for the better, then that's a like, you know, that's just a, a connection that is deeper than, than most of the other connections that I've explained so mm -hmm. having that you know on multiple occasions is just it's such a 
what's the word I'm looking for? It's such a fulfilling feeling, you mm-hmm. know? It mm-hmm. just, it feels so incredible to have people tell you that what you have put out there into the world has made that much of a difference to them. So that's why I just, I'm like, wow. So every time I put out a new lesson and people are like, oh my God, you know, we wrote a new song around this beat. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's great. You yeah. Know? And, and not just my, what I put out there, but when they come up with their own variations on it, when they come up with their own things and then they post it in the forum and I, I'm like, oh my God, I never thought to do it that way. That made me think of a whole bunch of new stuff. So mm-hmm. we're, we're learning from each other and, and it's incredible. And so, you know, all of that is just, it's, it makes it me love what I do so much that I don't mind putting the work into it. Well, and I think there's a misconception a lot of the times that they that a lot of people think that if you're playing music full time and that's what you do, then that's all you do is just play drums all day. And it's like, eh, that's not really the case. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I wish, you know, I mean, I wish that I had more time to play drums. Uh, I mean, I do play drums every day, but I, I, if it were up to me, I would be shedding three hours a day on top of, you know, the two hour gig. Uh-huh. Uh, just because I love learning. I love, you know, I love shedding. It's like a meditative process for me. So yeah. I just, I really, I really dig it, but I don't get enough time, you know, uh, to shed. So I do play drums every single day, but I don't, I don't get to play as much as I'd like. <laughs> well, I, I remember you telling me when you were getting like really heavy into the brush stuff that you were just like getting up on the tour bus at, at like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, just going, sitting up with the driver and just like working on these brush techniques while everybody else was sleeping. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I, nowadays when I, I drop my job, my daughter off at school, you know, I got to wake up at six thirty AM to make her breakfast, make her lunch and then we leave the house at 7.30. I get her to school by 8. And then on days like that, then I'm at my studio by 8.15 and I'm shedding, you know? Yeah. At, and a, a, a day at home for me, that's great. But on the bus, you know, you're rolling into town until 11 a.m. usually because there's no parking for the bus until mm-hmm. an hour before loading. So you got to get creative. So I'll shed brushes because nobody complains about that because there's no... <laughs> There's no tapping. And so I've been able to get away with it. So on the bus, I'll shed brushes, man, while we're rolling into town. And usually I'm the first person to wake up, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, at home, I'll shed, you know, all kinds of different uh, stuff with all the left-hand percussion stuff I've been incorporating lately. And, and, you know, even, you know, two bass drum stuff that I've been working on where I'm not trying to play double bass as much as I'm trying to sound like, you know, Mardi Gras Indians Mm -hmm. on bass drum. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, so you got, I have to learn when I can practice what, you know, and Mm -hmm. so I I can't, so if I'm at home, uh, I will take advantage of practicing the full kit when I can get into my studio in the morning after dropping my daughter off as opposed, you know, as opposed to, okay, now I'm going to practice brushes for this next week that I'm home. I know that I'll get time to practice brushes when I'm on the road, Yeah. when I'm, um, you know, on the bus and in the hotel. And then, so when I get home, I I'll shed more on full kit at my studio. But then I also bring a practice kit and keep it underneath the bus for when I'm touring with Galactic and I will shed, you know, my little practice kit, mm-hmm. but then I don't have all the left hand percussion stuff. So, right. you know, it's, you just have to get creative and of course. I wish I could practice full kit all day, every day, but right. so that's, that's <laughs> what I tell, you know, that's what I tell younger students. They're like, what advice would you give me? I'm like, practice as much as you possibly can now 
Yep. Because you think you're busy now with school and homework and all that. <laughs> it's like you you are going to get to a point where you're going to wish that you had as much time as you have to practice now. It's like you don't get any more time when you're an adult. No, you, know, you, you absolutely do not. You know, you have more things you have to do. <clears throat> so take that time when you're a kid and, and just make as much advantage, take as much advantage of it as you possibly can. So that's, you know, that's something I would want to say to your younger listeners. <laughs> I agree, man. When I was in college, there was a, a guy who came in. I don't even remember who it was, a marimba player. And I feel horrible. I don't remember who it was. But he said, listen, get the amount of time you have to practice right now. Get it in now because you're not going to have more time. Like you said, you're not going to have time when you get older. Just get if You have six, eight hours a day to practice now. Do it now because once you're 25, 30, 35, those hours are going to get <laughs> are going to get smaller and smaller that you have. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring up the whole practicing thing because I'm, you know, I've been fascinated uh, lately with the, you know, I guess you would call it like the science of practice really, mm-hmm. but. But, you know, there and I want to there are several questions that I want to ask buddies of mine, guys who are obviously really good at maximizing their practice time. I mean, Thomas Lang, Benny Greb come to mind. Are, do, you, uh, do you think you're a good practicer or no? I, I think that I wasn't. Uh, I think that I'm getting better. Like I've been keeping a log. And, and one of the things that I, I've discovered recently is. What I would do is like if I had a aspect that I was trying to get better at, I would practice that for like an hour in a in a day, you know. Mm-hmm. But I would reach I would reach a point to where if I started it at 70 BPM, then got it up to 80, then maybe got it up to 90, then it would start getting not as good. And so I'd bring it back down to 85 and it was still not as good. And then I'd bring it down to 70 and it was still not as good as where I started at 70. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm like, what is going on here? And so I would just keep working on it being like, this is ridiculous. But I think it, what my theory is, is that you reach a point of diminishing returns. And yeah. then it's better to let your your mind and your muscle memory synthesize over, over you know, whatever time you spend away from it. So I think it's better to work on something for 15 minutes, move on to something else. Yeah. And then I think over time you're going to see more results. But that's something I want to ask guys like Thomas and Benny. But I brought that question up uh, at this Greek camp that we were just at, the lab camp, which was an incredible camp. And Keith Carlock was there. And I, you know, he was, uh, we did a round table panel and, and he, he kind of agreed with what I was saying where, you know, we both had similar kind of upbringings where we would come home from school, maybe do some homework, maybe practice for 15 minutes and then maybe have to go to band practice or drumline practice and then maybe practice, come home, practice for 30 minutes. But like, you know, kind of like an ADD almost way right. of practicing, not sitting in the practice room for six hours straight. You mm-hmm. know, I never I never got that. I mean, I, not not like I never understood that. I never I never had that. You know, I mm-hmm. I wish I could get that, you know, and you hear some guys like Jonathan Mover. Uh, talks about being in the practice room for 10 hours a day. I just read his piece um, in Drumhead. And that's, you know, that's amazing. And I I wish I could get that. I just I just never had that. You know, I was... Or maybe it's not as productive as people think. I mean, there's tons of studies about like studying and learning and all these other things. And they have like the Italian, like the Pomodoro method of 25 minutes of, yeah. you know, and then you got to like step away from it. I really am starting to think that that is is 
very effective, especially with drumming. And everybody on this panel, all the other Greek um, teachers and the and the and the 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 players who were you know almost at a professional level, all those guys, they all pretty much we all agreed, but all had different evidence to back it up. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys had had like really um, studied it and really you know talked about it and and talked about the the learning curve and how you reach a, a a plateau and actually dip down a little bit. So I think that you know trying to get like an hour a day and having splitting it up into four 15 minute intervals and each day you might substitute different 15 minute uh, topics that you're covering. But I think that trying to practice the same thing for an hour, you reach diminishing returns. It's better to, to practice it for 15 minutes, or as you said, 25, with whatever that the Italian method that you just mentioned. But I think that there's a lot to be said with that. And I, I've noticed that in my own personal experience, as I try to maximize my own personal practice time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that what you're talking about, um, I, I really believe in that mostly based off of my own personal experience and i want to learn more about that and read more about scientifically why that is you seem like the kind of guy that goes you get pretty deep into rabbit holes don't you like you'll really like because yeah. i mean you were telling me about like when when you got really into the brushes and you were like i had to learn everything and i had to read everything and i had to find everybody's book and like try all this other stuff and right and and i you know i went down that rabbit hole and now I still shed brushes, but I don't shed brushes two to three hours a day. I might shed brushes for 30 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. But what I'm trying to do now is spend no longer than 15 to 30 minutes at the most on any one thing and then move on to something else, right. you know, right? and see how my progress happens. because And, and it's been working because some stuff I'll shed it at 70 BPM and I'll be like, instead of trying to force it up to 80 – and spend another half an hour on it. I'll just sleep on it. And then I come back and it's like, oh my God, I can do this at 80 <laughs> easily today. Whereas yesterday I was, you know, I was barely holding on at 70. Right. So I think if you start doing that to more aspects of your playing, then you, you'll become more um, well-rounded, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to really think about that in my own practice. I mean, we've been talking about this a lot. Hopefully we're not boring the listeners, but, <laughs> but you know, it's fascinating to me really, you know, and I want to maximize my practice time more because I'm not getting as much practice time as I'd like. So I have to get a little bit more um, specific with it. So what I'm doing now is, you know, making a log of what I'm practicing, making the date and then putting in what BPM I was able to play it at comfortably but i'm writing all this out with my left hand so i'm trying to improve my left hand <laughs> as i'm doing all this <laughs> <laughs> of course you had to throw that in there right at the end you're like oh yeah and i'm doing this well I mean, do you want to get better or not <laughs> right right <laughs> i'm saying you know to me that's yeah, yeah no i get it i get it i you know I the reason why I'm um, like we're getting this deep into it, it. I would say the two biggest questions I get from everyone who emails me is best ways of practice and how to get gigs. That's like you know that's like yeah. the two. I mean, because I because I think there is a lot of mystery around it of like what works for other people, and you know you talk to some people who are like, no, I never really practiced, and then other people that are like, I practiced twelve hours a day my entire life, and I still practice six hours a day now, and I, everything's charted out, and I have you know all these scientific ways of doing it, and 
So I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery around it still. Yeah, I think there is, and I but I I think that you also, you also have to figure out what works for you. Like what I'm doing now, like writing kind of you know practice log and all this kind of stuff. And granted, it's not I'm not practicing everything that's on the log every day, but I'm I'm charting my progress. Like and sometimes I might not be able to practice something for three sessions, but then I look at where I was before. And then see if I can match that BPM or get a little bit further, you know. Mm. And sometimes you get a lot further um, by not having come back to it for a while. But, but I don't think that I would have been able to be this focused uh, at you know 17, 18 years old. And then you know there there are some of my favorite drummers that I can guarantee didn't practice that way, you know. Right. Like Leave Leave on Helm. I mm-hmm. mean Leave on Helm just played in bands his whole life and is one of the greatest, most musical drummers of all time. Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, John Bonham, I don't think, had a very, you know, focused uh, practice schedule. Yet he's, you know, you can't do an interview. I'm sure you can vouch for it and you can back me up on this. There's no such thing as a drum interview with a drummer where John Bonham doesn't get mentioned. They're just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but what I, what I consider John Bonham... Uh, a cat who had a focused, super focused practice regimen. I don't, probably not. He probably played a lot to a lot of records and he probably, um, you know, he had a lot of playing experience and and he was one of my favorite drummers of all time. I mean, just amazing feel and mm-hmm. amazing creative parts and, and amazing sound. And, you know, but I don't think that he was, keeping a practice log necessarily. Right. So, but, right. but I am now, you know, because I, I, I need to get a little bit more focused on my, on my practice, you know? Sure. And so I, I'm not, what I'm saying is I don't think that there's a right or wrong way to do it. I think you need to figure out what works for you. And, um, obviously what worked for John Bonham worked for John Bonham. Right. <laughs> you know? A little bit. You know, so I'm excited to see sort of where this takes you because I'm sure that you'll be talking about it more once you kind of hone in on on what you're finding. So I'm excited to see how it yeah. works out for you. Yeah, no, I am too. I mean, I and I'm getting more comfortable playing certain grooves and stuff that I I just did not feel comfortable playing before. I'm getting I'm getting more comfortable at that stuff, and so there are things that I'm introducing into my playing that I am. I am able to introduce, you know, after shedding them for a while. And then, and then now I'm starting to introduce them. So I don't know. You'll have to, you know, hopefully next time you see me play, you'll be like, you know what? I see some new stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of grooves that are hard to play that I've been trying to play for a long time that I still can't get is knocker. I don't know how you play that groove. That's a killing groove, man. Thank you for saying that. That's, that's in the left hand. That's, I think, seven uh ghost notes in a row so it's like it's hard one two en a three en a four en one two en a three en a four en so it's every ghost note except for the the note right before the backbeat right but you know the way that i developed that was watching jojo mayer's dvd and shedding that stuff while watching a movie and then I felt like, oh, I'll never get this. And then one day I was playing in five four, and then my left hand in traditional grip just started being able to go laka 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 laka, and I was like, whoa, in five. So once can a get on gosh, a dagger laka 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 back a tongue boom, a dagger dagger boom, right? Then I was like, 
well, wait a minute, let me see at what BPM I could do that. So I was like, so then I was like, wait, can I do it in four or four? And then it's like, whoa, I can do this. Sometimes you practice certain things and they feel very foreign, but then they they click at some point. Sometimes they never click, you right. know. But you're—I don't think there's anybody. I've never heard anybody who can do everything, you know. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, even the guys who are incredibly, um, you know, technically advanced and gifted, you know, I haven't heard anybody sound like John Bonham, mm-hmm. you know. I yeah. mean, this, you know, it, everybody would at least want to be able to do a John Bonham impersonation, you know, every now and then for kicks. But yeah. so my point is you can't do every everything, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, so you just kind of have to figure out what works for you and and work as hard as you possibly can to develop your, you know, what it is you're going for. Mm-hmm. I was going to say your own voice. But, you know, for me, I wanted to develop my own voice. Some guys don't want to develop their own voice because they feel like. They'll get less work if they stick out. They want to try to be able to blend into any situation. And that's, you know, that's a viable approach too. Yeah. You just have to decide where do you want to be and what do you want to accomplish in your drumming life? You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. I was just talking to Homer uh, Steinweiss from, from um, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. And he was like, I, he's like, I play vintage soul drums. He's like, if you want right. that, call me. If, you don't want that? Don't call me. He's like, I don't know what else to do. That's all right. I could do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's great at that. Right, you know? he gets work for it, you know. You know right, totally. yeah, he's amazing. I mean, yeah, he's a great, he's a great player, and I love his drumming. You know, exactly. This session is brought to you by Gretsch Drums, and coincidentally, Stanton Moore is a Gretsch Drums artist, so you can learn about the kits that he plays specifically and learn all about the great Gretsch products and that great Gretsch sound by going to GretschDrums.com. One line in the Dream Symbol family that I think is really cool is the Dark Matter family. They have the Flat Earth, the Moon Ride, and the Dark Matter Energy. And although they're all made a little bit differently, they all involve the Dark Matter process. And this is really cool. Check this out. They take a symbol that is already finished and then put it back in the oven, hand hammer it, and then shock it with cold water, and then put it back in the oven. And what happens is the ash and the soot from the oven are fused to the top layer of the metal, which give it this really, really unique sound. And you know what? I want to let you hear exactly what this process does to a symbol. Check them out. To learn more about Dream Symbols, their Dark Matter line, and all their great products, be sure to check out DreamSymbols.com. 
it's no secret that you don't need to learn how to read music to be a successful drummer. But today's drummer needs every edge that he or she can get to surpass the competition. So whether you need to start from the beginning and just learn basic rhythms and notation, need to improve your chart reading or interpretation skills, or just want to challenge yourself with sight reading, the drum reading courses offered by the drum program at Musicians Institute can help you become an expert reading drummer. I suggest you head over to mi.edu to learn more. Now let's get back into it with Stan Moore. So I want to switch gears and talk about the new record that you have coming out. It's coming out, what, July 21st, right? Correct, It's yes. called With You In Mind. Uh, it's the songs of Alan Toussaint. So talk to me about, I mean, I it's obvious the inspiration of the record with Alan's passing, but talk to me a little bit about how this record came, came to be. Yeah, we had been working on a new record, working on new material, and we... We're going into the studio. We had studio time booked. When you say and we, are you who are you? Galactic uh, or no, 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 no. My trio. So oh, okay, okay. Myself, myself, David Torkinowski, and James Singleton. Mm-hmm. So we're going into the studio, and then before we, you know, we had the time booked, but before we wound up walking into the front door of the studio, you know, a couple of days before that, Alan Tucson passed away. So you know, I mean, a couple of days. I mean, I, I think it was a couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. then so. When we went in to record, you know, it just didn't feel it didn't feel right if we didn't at least pay tribute to him in some way. And were so you close with a, Alan? I wouldn't say it was close, but we we worked with him. You know, we worked with him on a, on a number of different things. We we wrote two tunes with Alan and Galactic. One of them made it on on Yakame, and the other tune was a was a Japanese bonus track on Yakame. We had him come. And sit in with us a few times. We had him come and open for us solo and then sit in with us. Uh, we had a couple of meetings with him mm-hmm. to talk about songwriting. You know, he invited us to Dookie Chase where we all sat at a big table. He sat at the head and we talked about writing together. Wasn't there uh, like a wasn't there a video about that or some documentary about it or something? I remember watching Yeah. I, I yeah, I got to interview him for our EPK that was uh covering Yakame and all the different New Orleans guests that we got. And so I went and interviewed Alan for that EPK. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course I was just hoping to get more uh, opportunities to work with him as, sure. as time progressed, you know, but unfortunately that, you know, didn't happen, but, but we did get to work with him, uh, you know, and I'm on a number of occasions, but it, it's never, you know, when you're dealing with a master like that, I mean, it's, there's, it's never enough. You know, we always right. wish we could have had more. Sure. So talk to me about the record. So you go in, it, you were saying it just didn't, it didn't feel right to at least not pay homage to him or at least what cut a tune of his or. Yeah. So we, you know, there's so many tunes uh, that are just so great that, to draw from. So we just started coming up with all these ideas on, on arrangements and, you know, just kind of envisioning arrangements uh just kind of not necessarily writing arrangements out note for note or or detailed arrangements but just things like oh what if we would do everything i do gonna be funky in five what if we did life in seven what if we did with you in mind as a ballad instead of a slow funk thing what if we did um you know all these different things what if we did uh the lyrics to southern nights as spoken word instead of singing it you know mm-hmm. just different things and so we just came up with a bunch of ideas and so it's like okay well 
if we're going to do everything I do going to be funky, we need a vocalist. Who should we call? How about Cyril Neville? And, you know, wound up getting Cyril Neville for five songs, you know, wow. and, you know, oh, we need horns on this. How about Nicholas Payton, Donald Harrison Jr. And who do we want to get on trombone? I don't know. How about <laughs> trombone shorty? You know? All right. So, and as, as David Torkanowski has said in the past, you know, New Orleans, living in New Orleans, his quote is, you know, living in New Orleans is like living in the, in the greatest musical toy box you could possibly imagine. I, I prefer to say toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in, living in New Orleans, you go into the studio with, you know, we had a, I had an idea of what I wanted to accomplish, but it's not like we went in there with demos and, a, and, a, and any kind of pre-production. We just kind of, you know, we were winging it. Right. And being able to call some of the greatest talent you could possibly imagine – and they'd be like, "Yeah, sure. What time you need me there? I'll be there." Nice. So, it was it was it was fun to to put together because it it wasn't something where we had to overthink it. We just kind of were in the moment and we're just focused and just made it happen and put it together as we went. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't really have blueprints. We just kind of you know sculpted it as we as we went along. And I'm very pleased with the way it came out. But it, we did not. Uh, kind of pre, you know, premeditate anything. Right, right. So, are you going to be touring to support it, or are you just playing in New Orleans with it? Or oh yeah, no, we're going to be touring. <laughs> I, um, I don't know why I asked, but <laughs> oh yeah, no, we'll be touring and uh, you know, hopefully doing some festivals and stuff. And yeah, we'll be out there doing things um, for sure. Nice, nice. So it comes out um, July twenty first, and you can get it everywhere i mean it's, so you're doing it you're doing lps too and for for you young kids who don't know what that is that's a record and uh <laughs> yeah it was so funny i took my daughter to peach's record store yesterday and it was her first time going into a record store and you know we've been driving by it for months and um they just moved you know to this location which is close to my my house and you know she we just hadn't had time. Like it's usually in the morning going to school or coming back from school. So yesterday we had time and I took her and she loved it. And so really? I let her pick out her first vinyl. And so we got, you know, uh, anniversary edition of, of star Wars or the star Wars <laughs> <laughs> soundtrack. I'm like, you want it to be classic. You're going to get this question, you know, every, you know, every now and then, or sometimes you'll get it a lot. What was your first vinyl that you bought? So yeah. I taught her how to, how to play the record and everything yesterday. And so she really loved that. So, you know, got to, got to teach the kids what vinyl is. And there's nothing better than the sound of vinyl. Yeah. There really isn't man. And there's just something to be said about taking a record, putting it on a record player and just sitting back and like pouring a glass of wine and listening to some good music, you know? Yeah. It's fantastic. It's not like queuing up on Spotify and, it's just a totally different vibe. And the the cool thing is the vinyl is making a big resurgence too. Yeah, it really is. It's incredible. What's uh what, what do they say? What's what's old is new again, you know? Yeah, exactly, right? So this will be yeah, it'll be available uh on record, C D, Spotify, Apple Music, uh Amazon Music, all that stuff, right? Correct. You'll be yeah. able to get it everywhere. And then and then the tour dates, uh they're not announced yet, right? Not announced yet, but they'll be on scantmore.com. Okay. Okay. So yeah. aside from the record and touring with Galactic and all that stuff, you also have your drum academy, which yes. I want to talk about too, because I think this is really, and the reason why 
I think this is really cool that you're doing this is because you actually love teaching. I think a lot of people, and I've, I've been very vocal about this on the podcast, where I think that people are like, I'm a drummer. I can't really get that much work, but I know that I can make some money teaching. I don't really dig teaching, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I'm going to either teach privately or I'm going to like launch a website and I'm going to start teaching. And the fact that you love teaching shows in not only the quality of the content, but just in the idea of you just wanting to share the knowledge, which I respect and I appreciate. Yeah, no, thank you for saying that. And I mean, you know, since you brought it up, I mean, to be honest with you, I never really saw myself as winding up loving teaching. You know, I, I, I wanted to play, I wanted to tour, I wanted to record. And then when I first started kind of making a name for myself, uh, to be honest, it was Drum Magazine reached out to me and said, hey, what would you think about writing a column on New Orleans drumming, you know, on second line drumming? And I said, oh, okay, well, I guess I could try that. And, you know, at the point I had been kind of coming up with, uh, for lack of a better word, like a program to teach myself this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, so certain little exercises and certain little things um, to try to work on it myself. Things like, you know, starting with straight 68 notes and gradually getting into in-between and then uh, pass that to swing, to flams. I mean, I came up with that for myself so that I could, people would say, ah, you're swinging it too much. And, you know, I would listen to my, my recordings back and I would say, ah, it sounds too, it's overly swung. So I, I would come up with ways for me to teach myself how to, you know, how to do all this. So then once I started explaining what I had had to kind of, you know, think up to teach myself, it people found it very helpful. So it just then those those lessons that I wrote for Drum Magazine, that got brought to the attention of Sandy Feldstein. And Sandy mm-hmm. Feldstein was like, man, if you flesh these out, you've got ca- chapter outlines. And then once I started doing that, he's like, man, you, your, your book is turning out pretty good. You could do a DVD. So it just kind of, it, it progressed very naturally. Right. And then once I realized, like we talked about earlier, how much of an impact uh, and how much of a connection you can make with people. And then I started realizing how much I was learning and how much uh, I was, I was understanding what it was that I was presenting on such a deeper level and I started to see how my my own playing improved mm-hmm. through my teaching and through my deepening my understanding of what I was doing by teaching. Then I started to see it as as this whole. It's just it's just a part of the whole. You know, teaching right. is just a part of the whole. And to me, the whole is playing, recording, writing, teaching. So you know, I'm writing out all these written lessons and all these worksheets, and it just helps me understand what I'm doing on such a deeper level. So I just have grown to really, really dig it. And, and, you know, some people, some people get really into um, engineering and pro tools. And, you know, I have to be honest, like for me, I have pro tools. I, you know, I've sat in front of it, you know, a number of times, but I, I don't feel passionate about that, you know, but, but the teaching thing, it, it, took you know mm-hmm. and i just started feeling passionate about it and it, and now i love it you know it's 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 really really fun and this is what's amazing is like i've got i've got the, <laughs> i've got students now who 
you know, I've got like a 14 year old student who started coming to me and he's like, I want to try out for Allstate. I'm like, great. So we listened to all of his, you know, all of his requirements for Allstate and I worked with him and, and really worked on all this stuff and then helped him win Allstate, you know? Nice. And so now the guy who came in second on Allstate, now he's coming to me. So now, <laughs> so now I've got the guys, you know, but it's like you, you helped somebody achieve a goal, you know? Right. And then one of my favorites is, you know, it's easy. Like if you're just playing and you're just focused on your own uh, thing, it's easy to just kind of like write people off. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that I do that, but I'm just saying, you know, it would be easy, I guess, to just like, oh, okay, well, whatever, you know, I'll just teach to make the money. Right. But then when you, but what, what has impacted me, some of the stories that have impacted me to make it to where I'm passionate about it is, you know, one of my guys who comes to several of my camps and comes, uh, comes to New Orleans and visits and, uh, you know, takes lessons from me and stuff. Yeah. He's a guy in his sixties, right. Mm-hmm. And he travel he travels the world because he is the, the, the chairman of the board for plumbers without borders. Right. Mm-hmm. So he goes and fixes the plumbing for places that have been, uh, devastated by disasters, you know? So, so Haiti, he goes to, he comes to new Orleans, works here after Katrina, you know, he goes to all these, these places. And his goal was to be able to walk into a musical venue where it was appropriate and ask to sit in, in all these different countries where he goes to. So, you know, I, you know, worked with him and taught him all these things. And now he goes in and he sits in he's like, man, now I'll go and sit in in Haiti and somebody will come up to me and buy me a drink afterwards. He's like, it's the greatest thing. So, you know, it's like I've made an impact in his life and his life Mm -hmm. is he's enjoying things, you know, Uh, and helped him reach a goal. And some people's goal is going to be, I want to headline Red Rocks. Some people's goal is I'm I'm over 60 years old and I want to sit in, you know, right. And you have to decide for yourself what those goals are. But for me, what keeps feeding the passion of teaching is watching these goals get met and knowing that you had something to do with that. And then once you have that happen a few times, then you get more serious about it. You know, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, man, this is this is serious business. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. People are people are investing their time and their money and, you know, their dreams and aspirations into into playing and they're looking to you for this knowledge, you know, and it's like, yeah. And to me, it's not, it's not about teaching somebody a beat or teaching somebody how to learn how to play a double stroke role. It's to me, it's, it's helping people realize their goals and improve their lives through music. Mm -hmm. And if, if I can, if I can point them in the right direction, you know, Mm -hmm. then, then, then that's, that to me is like, it, it, it's its own reward, you know, it's right. a reward. that's like as great as, you know, looking at a, at a full house at Red Rocks after 20 years of touring last year, we headlined Red Rocks for the first time. And, you know, th- those to me are like equal, you know, they're like, they're equally fulfilling. I'm sure you know? man, that's an amazing venue. Side note. That place yeah. is so yeah, amazing. No. And, you know, the, but to me, those things are, it's like, why choose all of these things can be uh, fulfilling in our, you know, in our drumming adventure, you know, for lack of a description, but. Well, and I think that the proof is in the pudding too. I mean, you're, you're a bona fide educator, but you're a player too. And you're always on the road and not like, 
you know, you're, you've been in this band since 94. Like you said, you just headline Red Rocks. You guys are in tour buses all the time. I mean, it's like you're a, a phenomenal player and you're out on the road doing it, but you're also doing it on the education side too. And I don't think that's the easiest thing to pull off. So No. It, and I'm going to be honest with you, it's not. <laughs> I mean, there, there are many nights where I'm like in bed, you know, finishing email or finishing up a lesson or transcribing one of the lessons, um, you know, where my girlfriend is, you know, watching House of Cards or, you know, I would love to be just, you know, chilling zoning out, chilling. But, you know, she's understanding about it. And, mm-hmm. and, and to me, it's fulfilling. I don't, I, I'm not, uh, um, I'm not stressed out or that's not the word I'm looking for. I'm not, you know, uh, bemoaning it right? because, because I love, I love doing it. And, and I, I, you know, for all these reasons that we just talked about it, it's fulfilling to me. So it is a lot of work, but it's, it's also incredibly fulfilling. And, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not always going to be able to keep up this pace. So as long as I can, (laughs) might as well do it now, right? (laughs) Might as well do it now. Hey, so check this out. After we did this interview, Stanton and I were talking. He said, you know, I really want to do something for your listeners. I want to do something special, something that I'm not doing for anyone else and that's not available for anyone else. So he agreed to take $30 off of his yearly subscription for the Drummers Resource Podcast listeners. All you have to do is go to StantonMoreDrumAcademy.com and sign up for the year subscription and use the promo code PODCAST and that'll save 30 bucks. The yearly subscription is already cheap, but uh, he wants to take off $30 for Drummers Resource Podcast listeners. So check that out if you dig. Go to StantonMoreDrumAcademy.com and again, use the promo code PODCAST and that'll save you 30 bucks. All right, let's get back into it with Stanton. So the website is Stanton Moore Drum Academy. So it, you go on there. So what do you do? You put it, you're putting up new videos. How often? Right now I'm putting up a new video lesson every three weeks mm-hmm. and then I'm interspersing those with written lessons as well. And then um, the first 15 lessons, we just released lesson 13 yesterday, and I just recorded 18 more lessons. And that's all stuff that's based off of things that people have been saying they want to see me do. A lot of the left-hand stuff, um, a lot of the rudimental application, I've really come up with some, what I think are some really inventive ways to, uh, to not just to apply the rudiments, but to to communicate how to apply the rudiments mm-hmm. to people. I don't want to give away, uh, you know, I don't want to give it away because I'm about <laughs> to release some lessons on there that I, I think are going to be really, really interesting and a kind of a new approach to presenting rudiments. And, nice. you know, I, I don't want to speak too soon, but I haven't really seen it presented in this way. So I, I'm excited and I want to see what people's feedback is. But, but yeah, it's a lot of rudimental application. Um, a lot of, you know, in the first lesson of the, this first batch, the first 15, the first lesson was what I, the five things that I did to develop my buzz rule. So then, you know, in this next batch of lessons, then I wrote an etude, you know, I think mm-hmm. it's a, like a 16 bar etude that is all based off of my vocabulary of what I actually play with buzz rolls, you know, how I pulse them and what subdivisions and accents and and then i had the bass drum to it and so you know that's some of the new stuff that's coming out but i also on on the site there are 34 lessons of fresh approach to drum set which was written by mark wessels the webmaster of 
uh, Vic Firth. So that's all from beginner to intermediate and, you know, touching on advanced. That's a whole foundational approach. So that's all up there. Um, that's like over nine hours of material. So, you know, it's really, it's for all levels. And then um, I keep adding to it. And then it's designed to have, you know, a library of foundational material and then mm-hmm. now a growing library of what I specialize in, all the different stuff that I do. But it's really designed to to be there for, you know, students of all levels and all genres because the the fresh approach stuff is designed to give you a good foundation for any genre that you're going to want to go into, you know? Nice. And I, it's a, you could do it monthly. I know that you can, you have a, it's like 19 bucks a month or you can pay for the year. But then in addition to all the lessons that are on there, there's also other member discounts that you can get and they can interact with you, other members and, and you can schedule one-on-ones with you if they want to do that. And yeah, they and- can schedule Skype lessons with me. They can schedule Skype lessons with Johnny Vodakovich. Nice. They can also schedule Skype lessons with Kyle Sherman-Mataro, who Kyle, Kyle studied with me and Johnny and graduated from Loyola. And if you want to work on your foundational stuff before you start getting a little bit more conceptual with me or Johnny, then you can study with Kyle, you know, on a more mm-hmm. regular basis where you can um, work with him and, and work on your foundational fundamental stuff. And then there's also the forum and, you know, guys not just asking me questions, but they're posting video and variations on stuff and then i'm commenting and there's also the beat of the month where people submit beats and then i pick one and i put put their beat up and then i answer it with my version uh or my variation of the beat as well so there's you know there's tons of stuff uh that we're all interacting with comments are you know enabled on everything so mm-hmm. there's all kinds of little sub conversations going on and a lot of the guys in there are guys that have come to my my camps and have met each other and have become friends. So it's, I'm really trying to develop it like an online ongoing camp, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, camps mm-hmm. have become pretty popular now, but what's great about camps is that you can go there and you make friends, you yeah. know, and you stay in contact with these guys and you can, you know, show each other stuff. And that's what this, uh, that's what the Academy is all about. It's just, you know, creating an online community where guys can continually learn from each other and progress and continue to inspire each other. And it's, I mean, from day one, it's been, it's been exactly what I was envisioning, like a community. And, you know, one of my biggest supporters, uh, who's a great player, you know, is Nick and, uh, his, his name is Nikos, Nick from Greece. And, um, I'm going to mess it up. I got to read it to say it, but, (laughs) but Nick, uh, Anastadiatis, I think is how you say his last name. And and he helped me get over to the lab camp over mm-hmm. there, um, a, you know, a few weeks ago. And we had an unbelievable time over there. And it was just incredible. But, you know, so I've got guys from all over the world that are, you know, on the academy learning from each other. And I've, I've been learning a lot from some of these guys' variations. It totally made me think of new stuff, you know? Right, so, right. It's amazing just the power of the internet. You know, it's like I've said this before with the podcast, like I've released something and an hour and a half later, somebody uh, emails me from Sweden and is like, hey, man, I just listened to the podcast. And, you know, and you're like, wow, like I, you don't even think that I'm creating this thing, you know, in New York or now in San Francisco and like and you don't think about the ramifications of it you know, later it's going all over the world and it's accessible right. all over the world instantaneously. It's it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's incredible. And you know, 
kind of just commenting on that, like when we went and did this, the camp in Greece and they had an organ player and a guitar player there to play three nights of the camp, um, to play jam sessions on three of the, the nights. There were five nights. It was four days, but the first night was like a hello, kind of everybody gets settled and then go to bed and then we'll, you know, wake up in the morning. So it was five nights. So three of those nights they had jam sessions and these guys learned, I mean, they probably learned like 10 of my songs off of my, um, off of my organ trio records. And they were great players. And we had so much fun that I had a day off in Athens after the camp and then a day of teaching. So we found a place to do two nights of gigs. And it was, you know, the first night was packed. The second night you couldn't move in there. Nice. And uh, so my point is, you know, I've never been to Greece, you know, so I right. put out these records and then, you know, years later, I've got these guys, they're like, man, we've been listening to these records for years. We love these records. We just learned all these tunes. We've been, we'd already been playing a few of the tunes, but then we learned even more. And, you know, to go to a, a different country and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, maybe I am making an impact. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. And I it's guess, crazy. you know, you don't know it until, until it happens. And then you're, you're like, wow, this, I'm putting this thing out into the world that, can never be taken away. That's the thing that I think blows me away is that like once it's done, if I stop doing the podcast tomorrow or if you stop creating music tomorrow, it's all the stuff that we've done is going to live on forever. It's digital. Right. It's there, you know? Exactly. It's so know. awesome. I, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's good and bad in that, you know, <laughs> yeah. as long as what you put out, you know, you want people to see, you know, if you, if, if you misbehave, it never goes away too. That's, so. <laughs> that is a valid point too. Many uh, many people have learned the hard way with that. Oh yeah, it doesn't go away. <laughs> no, it does not. So uh, so the website is Stantmore Drum Academy. The record uh, is called With You in Mind. That is available July twenty first. I recommend everybody check that out. Also in the show notes for this, uh, there'll be links to all the stuff that we talked about. How you can get in touch with Stanton. How you can keep an eye on his tour dates. All that fun stuff. Super easy now with the with the internet with the internet and uh stan man thank you again for doing this i'm glad everything is is going well in in your camp man I, you, I know you always got a lot of stuff going on and it's always happening so I, I yeah thank you and since you did say the word camp is it okay if we mention my camp of course yeah let's do it. <laughs> it's gonna be december 8th 9th and 10th in new orleans uh spirit of new orleans drum camp and it's this is the fifth year in a row and uh we're doing it this year it's going to be at the cabildo and it's December 8th, 9th, and 10th. And I'm going to have Big Chief Juan Pardo as my special guest. So we're going to be doing lots of Mardi Gras Indian stuff. And he's going to be there to do a master class on the last day. Nice. And he's going to be there for everybody to sit in with him on the final concert, which is going to be tons of fun. So I'm super awesome. excited about that, too. So, yeah, lots of fun stuff coming up. And you have a separate site for that, don't you? Well, you can find out about it on stantonmore.com. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll just link up to all that. Uh, to make sure that, that everybody knows about that too. So, well, cool, man. I cannot wait to hear the record. And uh, again, thanks for, thanks for doing this. Oh yeah, man. So glad to see that you're doing well. Thank you, Nick. It's good to talk to you again. Of course, man. Anytime. Talk to you soon, buddy. 
So there you have it, Stanton Moore, and he is just a guy that is relentless. He never stops, and I love his enthusiasm, and I love how he talks about just how much he loves what he does. Everything from you know returning the emails to to doing the clinics to to having this impact on drummers around the globe. And don't forget, if you want to learn from Stanton, you can go to StantonMooreDrumAcademy.com, sign up for his online teaching, and use the promo code Podcast, and that'll save you thirty dollars off a year subscription and the subscription is not that much to begin with but it saves you $30 which is great and for the show notes of everything that we talk about links to everything all that fun stuff you can visit drummersresource.com forward slash session 288 and until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening I do appreciate it you know that I love you and I'll talk to you soon peace